Hey, wait your turn. You have to wait your turn. What happened? What are you yelling about, Dad? Hello, all you listeners out there. I hope you're having a nice day. And I guess you're wondering what that was all about, hey? Well, wait your turn is an idiomatic expression. It's an idiomatic demanding expression. Let me continue that little scenario of the father and the son in traffic, okay? Listen some more. What happened? Well, that guy didn't wait his turn. That's what happened. At a four-way stop, you don't just stop and go. You have to wait your turn. The rule is, if there is more than one car at the intersection, you take turns going counterclockwise. The first person to stop at the four-way goes, and if there's another car at another part of the intersection, they get to go next. And it gets busier and busier with rush hour. Then when one car goes, the next and the next, but it's always the one on the right that keeps going. Counterclockwise to the right, the car on the right gets to go. You have to wait your turn. That guy across from us, he just went. As soon as he stopped, he just went, and he could have hurt somebody. Look at that lady had to slam on her brakes to avoid hitting him. All because he didn't want to wait his turn. Did you hear the word turn there? How many times did you hear it? Well, today's episode is about idioms and expressions that involve the word turn. So, we begin by talking about taking turns. The idea of waiting one's turn is a concept that we learn at a very early age. If we don't wait our turn to do something, we can really lose out. We can get in trouble. We can get punished. So here's an example uh, in a classroom, and a teacher will ask students to raise their hands if they know the answer to a question. If someone just blurts out the answer, the teacher will say, hey, no talking out of turn. You have to put up your hand and wait your turn, and the teacher will scold somebody who doesn't. If we don't listen to the teacher, he or she might tell us to turn around and face the wall, or turn around and face the corner as punishment for not being considerate to the other students or for not listening to the teacher. And So turn around, it usually means halfway, like 180 degrees. So turning around means facing the opposite direction. It's different than to spin around, which usually means 360 degrees or even more. So Turnaround is only halfway, 180 degrees. So if you forgot your wallet at home, you might have to turn around and walk back home to get it before you go to school or to work. But wait your turn or take your turn. These are commands that we as native speakers of English learned at a very early age. So by the time we go to elementary school, we should already know this. We do already know this. Well, most kids do. We should all know that we need to wait our turn to speak in class and that we should be considerate. So yeah, native speakers of English all know this one very well because we've heard it from our parents even since before we even learned what words are. I can still remember um, me trying to climb onto a toy horse while my older sister was still on it and my dad scolded me for not waiting my turn. 
he scolded me and said, you have to wait your turn. Otherwise, you can sit there and miss out. So I was older. I was probably four years old, but somehow I can remember that. You could say, wait for your turn. So wait for your turn to come up. So I'm emphasizing the word for, but uh, in any case, you don't really have to emphasize it. You could say, wait for your turn and then come to the counter or something like that. It's just informative. So wait your turn or wait for your turn. It's just easier to drop the word for. It's easier. You can simplify it by leaving that word out. So someone might say one word doesn't mean very much and one word isn't very much, but then remember this. Sometimes one word can make a big difference if it's added. Expletives or swear words. Sometimes they're added and into the mix and makes quite a big difference. Also, you could use um, a word like an emphatic word. A word like just, which is, carries a lot of emphasis. It could even show more, it could show anger or more seriousness, but it adds more power and more emphasis if you say just. Just wait your turn. You can hear frustration or anger or scolding in my voice. So wait your turn is more informative, but if you say just wait your turn, that shows there's some anger involved. It's some prosperity. It's a word, an extra word with a lot of emphasis. So an expletive or a swear word can also show seriousness or frustration with the person who is wrong. So a word added or word dropped can make a big difference if it's the right word. And in this case, we don't have to say the word for. We can say, just wait your turn. We don't have to say, wait for your turn or just wait for your turn. So listen again and compare. Just wait for your turn. Just wait your turn. The first one is more informative or explaining a process. The second one sounds like somebody misbehaved and they got scolded. Listen one more time. Just wait for your turn. Just wait your turn. Well, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you can hear the difference. So prosody and tone, it all makes a big difference in language. And in this case, the word just adds some emphasis and tells us a lot of extra, extra information. Turn, it, it doesn't sound like much, it's just a simple word, turn. But it is, and it contributes to a lot of idioms. It can be a noun or it can be a verb. But even then, it doesn't always carry the, it doesn't always carry the meaning of turning as in rotating or turning degrees in a circle. It doesn't always mean that. No, it's, it's not that simple. We can say literal things like turn left at the four-way stop. With that one, you can imagine direction and rotation. So, in fact, we do turn our steering wheel with our hands when we drive. So, it can be literal, but not always. Certainly not always. There, there are a lot of idioms based on the word turn. Let's get a little deeper into this. You know, usually I can release an episode on a Thursday, but today, this time I had to wait until Friday. I like to offer them on Thursdays, but I do it just to help reach some people that are already beginning to get on into their weekend. And, you know, Thursday night in Canada, where I am, is already 
Friday after, you know, it's already Friday in some places in the East and, you know, where some of my friends are. So I, uh, I try to do it early enough so they can listen to my podcast on Friday, but at least they can listen to it on the weekend. Anyway, let me get back into the train of thought here. Usually I release, release a new episode on Thursday, but today I had to wait till Friday. And why? I could say um, I had all kinds of things that got in the way. Lots of little things prevented me from doing things as I planned. I could say that lots of things got in the way and that things kind of got turned upside down on me. Or things kind of got turned around on me. Those are two other idioms. Listen again. Things got turned upside down on me. Or my schedule got turned upside down on me. Different ways to say it. And what it means... What it means, if you hear someone say that things got turned upside down, it, well, it, it means they got mixed up or confused. It, it means that a lot happened. It means that their schedule got messed up or interrupted. Yeah, my schedule got turned upside down on me. It could have been an accident or a visitor or an illness or a technical problem. Well, you know, like, you know, it could have been almost anything. But in my case, it was a bit of a technical problem and a responsibility issue because, you see, my plans got turned upside down because my wife had to do something suddenly, unexpectedly, and I had to accommodate that. And I had to be at home with my family to make sure that somebody was at home. So my schedule got turned upside down in the process. You could say it turned my plans upside down. It turned my schedule upside down. It turned my plans upside down. Uh, it really turned things upside down for me. You can say it all kinds of different ways. The main thing is to just try saying it. Another related idiom is turned around. And it also means mixed up or confused. So turned upside down or turned around, they both sort of mean the same thing. And so it depends on context. I could say that um, her sudden change of plans kind of got me all turned around. I stopped doing what I needed to do, and I stopped going to the, the direction that I was going, and it got me turned around. So you can imagine a race car on a racetrack, and if there's an accident and one car bumps another car, one of them can get turned around, and you could be pointed in the wrong direction. It really, show, it really slows them down. It really prevents them from winning the race because they have to take the time to straighten up and start going the direction they want again. Turns their plans upside down. So I could say yesterday, well, things got turned around on me because my wife had to do something. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was she had to do really kind of turned things upside down or really turned things around for me. Anyway. Here it is today, right? So you're listening and learning lots of new idioms with the word talk. Now, remember, the best way to learn idioms is in context. So really, I highly recommend watching lots of movies and good TV shows, something that you enjoy, and really try to listen carefully. All right, there are some phrasal verbs that are very basic. So I want to talk about these a little bit, talk about phrasal verbs and really, really basic ones, really fundamental ones. Remember, some phrasal verbs are very idiomatic, but some of them are very clear as well. We start learning phrasal verbs as native speakers of English 
we start learning them very young in our life, very early in our life, even before we can talk or even crawl. You know, we start learning by listening to our parents. Our parents speak to us and teach us things with language and about language before we can even use language ourselves. You know, they speak to us, uh, it, to the babies, it just sounds like a steady stream of noise coming from that face, you know. They just listen. Well, as babies, we start hearing our parents speak, and the parents speak differently to the children. To young children, they speak, they, speak, they sing, they change their voice. When parents teach their children basic concepts, quite often they start teaching with opposites. Very simple opposite words like on and off or up and down. So opposite words are very salient and very important. So how do they do this? Well, you know, parents often play games, silly games, you know, and they'll change their voice to have a, a silly sounding voice when they do it. So it makes it more fun and it helps the children to process language and learn concepts. So imagine a mother holding her young child, a baby, in her arms. You know, imagine a baby that's a year old and the mom can turn on and off the light switch and flick it on and off. And the mom can say, mommy turns the light on, mommy turns the light off. Even the tone of voice has a rising tone and a falling tone to help indicate the opposite. Mummy turns the light on. Mummy turns the light off. Turn the light on. Turn the light off. Turn on. Turn off. So repetition is really important. Remember that too when you walk the talk. The more you practice using an idiom, the more, more salient it'll be, the more comfortable you'll be using it, and the better you'll get at expressing yourself with it. So remember that repetition is important. So the mother could say, turn the light on, or turn on the light, turn off the light, turn the light off. And the children pick up on the opposites, they pick up on the tone of voice, and they pick up on the action. So it has nothing to do with turning, right? The child doesn't know this, the child doesn't even care. But they understand what's happening, so nothing's even turning, it's on and off that's really salient and, impo and important here, right? Turn on the light, turn off the light. So it's the opposites that are important. Turn is just a word that gets associated with it to make a verb, make an action, okay? You know, and you could argue, you could say, some lights have dials, you can actually turn. Yeah, well, that's true, but that's not the point here. Most lights have a switch, and it's one direction or the other direction, on or off, opposites but still we say the word turn on so the baby just learns turn off and turn on and they understand the verb element of the sentence say it enough times and the baby will understand they'll even start saying it that's what you call language acquisition that's colloquial language acquisition that's real language acquisition and remember, first language acquisition and second language acquisition are different somewhat. But still, repetition is very important. All right, well, the next thing is extension from one thing to another. So the child will eventually learn that turn on and turn off doesn't just apply to the lights. Other things can be turned on and off as well, right? Children will learn 
you know, the TV, for instance, turn on the TV, turn off the TV. No, don't do that. Don't, don't teach your child that. (laughs) Don't teach your child to turn off the TV. Don't teach your child to play with the remote control. But yeah, you can help them understand the extension by saying, turn on the TV, turn off the TV. And what are they seeing you do? They're seeing you push a button on a remote. Nothing's turning. But they know what on and off is, and they're understanding there's an action there. And they learn the phrasal verb, and they learn the idiom. They understand colloquial language. So seriously, though, the child, uh, you know, the child will hear parents saying things like, uh, hey, can you turn off the stereo and come for dinner, please? Or do me a favor and turn on the TV so that I can watch the news while I'm making these cookies or these sandwiches, you know, so I don't have to, you know, wash my hands again. Turn up the volume, turn down the volume, turn on the AC, it's hot as hell in here. Turn off the AC when you're not at home because it's expensive and bad for the environment. Turn on, turn off. Okay, you could say turn the lights down low, right? It makes it more like a movie theater in here. Turn the lights back up for a minute. Well, while I go make some popcorn or grab a drink of water or something. So turn on, turn off. Turn down, turn up. So you could say turn off the light, turn on the light. You might say turn up the light or turn down the light. Yeah, anyway, um, we'd we'd never say to a child, please increase the illumination in this room. We'd never say that. It's so technical. It's just not natural. We'd say, hey, could you please turn up the light? We'd never say to a child, Darken this room when you exit. It's awkward. It just doesn't even sound right. No, that's, we'd simply say, remember, turn off all the lights when you leave. We learn the colloquial stuff early and we associate those simple, (coughs) we associate those simple verbs like turn with the actual action or results, the cause and effect. Well, anyway, uh, there are lots and lots of phrasal verbs, lots that involve that are very simple and involve opposites, and then there are lots that are very complex verse, phrasal verbs and very idiomatic. So there, these are really these formulate the basis of our natural first language acquisition as English speaking speaking children, and uh, you know the idiomatic part might not seem like much but yet like i'm not really talking deeply about idioms that involve turn on and turn off and turn up and turn down and so forth but we'll get into that okay not today that's it for today's episode it's time for me to turn in i've got a fairly big day ahead of me tomorrow so it's time for me to turn in for the night that means time for me to go to bed again This is very idiomatic. Nothing. I mean, no one is really turning or rotating, right? This means go to bed. In this case, turn in means lie down and go to sleep. So when I say, well, it's time for me to turn in, that means it's time for me to go to bed. And uh, I'm going to post this soon. And you can all enjoy it for the weekend. I hope, uh, oh, uh, first, you know, I, I do want to thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to have an audience and somebody learning these important colloquial expressions. But I want to remind you to walk the talk as often as you can. 
I want to remind you and encourage you to try and use these expressions in your own daily life, wherever or when, whenever you can, with whoever you're talking. Pick one or pick two and try to force yourself to use those expressions in your own life. Oh, and if you're interested in learning more phrasal verbs and idiomatic expressions, go to CanadianEnglish.com and sign up to be notified about my course. I've got a plan to launch a course this summer, and it's underway, and I hope lots of you will join me in my online course when you listen and watch and read about and, and learn about idiomatic phrasal verbs and other idioms, and test yourself and test your understanding with worksheets and quizzes. If you join in by email, you'll be one of the first to hear about the launch date. Either go to CanadianEnglish.com and sign up, or send me a message to talk at CanadianEnglish.com. And, uh, you know, this is a really good opportunity for about the same price as an hour or two of tutoring time. You can take a self-directed course with readings and videos and some quizzes, and to, it will help you learn many idioms and systematic concepts. And there will be a, a second part to this episode. There's going to be a part two on expressions with turn. So coming in a couple of weeks, tune in for part two. And uh, until then, remember, walk the talk, speak lots, but don't talk out of turn. Take care, everybody.